Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Underway with hour number two of the program. My name is Matt Pauley. Albert Pulo spoke with the media just a little while ago. Uh, I guess somebody asked him about his quest for 700, and he snapped back a little bit at him and said he's not he's not on a quest for 700. He's on a quest for a championship. And you appreciate that, but come on, like that that number is sitting right there. That's that uh, Albert Pujols is incredible in the things he has done throughout his career. Uh, there's a reason you call him the machine because there are some non-human things seemingly to what he has done through his career. But how there's, there's at least a small part of his brain that absolutely is chasing 700. This is the tweet from uh, John Denton, the uh, MLB.com beat writer covering the Cardinals who's in San Diego. Slugger Albert Pujols just insisted that he isn't chasing 700 home runs, and he scoffed when someone mentioned his power surge. Said Pujols, quote, the only thing I'm chasing is another championship, unquote. If I was Albert Pujols, if I was in the spot, you bet I'd be chasing 700. I Now, not at the, uh, not at the expense of any games lost, any situations where... Uh, you change your approach at the plate in a big moment, like that all is more important. But yeah, I'm I'm chasing 700. That is something that I want, and I would have to think like he is so understanding of the history of baseball. That's always been one of the things I can't tell you how much I always appreciated his relationship and reverence for Stan Musial, because it just it showed how much he loved the game of baseball and understood the history of baseball. And I don't, I don't know how many current major leaguers have the understanding of the history of the game that someone like Albert Pujols does. So, um, yeah, 700 is a big deal. There's, there's nothing wrong with saying that, by the way. 700 is a big deal. It's okay to say that 700 is a big deal. It's okay to say that you'd like to get it. I understand what he's trying to say, but there's got to be. There's got to be a little part of him that wants 700. It's not going to change where he's at on the all-time list, uh, but just getting to 700, being one of four guys to get to 700 in the history of the game, and to do it with the Cardinals, that's the other thing here. Uh, his For his final milestone home runs to all come with the Cardinals and to get one more big milestone moment, I think that would be um, that'd be good. So I, I don't know if I totally believe Albert here. I'm not trying to say that he's a liar. I just don't know if I totally believe him when, uh, when he makes these comments about not really being focused on 700. I guess chasing, he's not chasing 700. I get that, but he at least is aware of 700, right? Yeah, like he's got to be. He absolutely has to be, uh, I would think. I wanted to mention the Blues. We'll talk more Blues coming up uh, tomorrow on the program, Uh, but the Blues did announce today, and this is not great news, but um, uh, 
Uh, Marco Scandell is going to be out for a while. He's going to miss the next six months. He had a hip issue that uh, popped up during uh, some training uh, surgery. Six months is expected to be the time. Like, you never want to see somebody get injured. You never want to see somebody who's expected to be a contributor to get injured. I get all of that. Uh, at the same time, they've got a ton of depth on the blue line right now. Uh, they were set to go into the season with eight defensemen sitting two on every game, and he was not re- he was not you know really a, a top four defenseman on the team. They've got other guys now. What it does is it's really important moving forward that your health is there. Uh, you don't want to see another one of your top eight defensemen go down because then all of a sudden. Uh, your depth there is going to be very, very different, and it's not good. So uh, he'll be back at some point. He'll be back in six months or so. We'll see what the roster looks like at that point in time. You, you wish him the best. You hope they can come back. I don't feel like this is going to have a huge impact on the team right away, but it abs- what it does is it creates just a situation where there's just a little less depth there when it comes to your defensemen, and it's that much more important that you're able to uh, keep the health there moving forward. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. By the way, I threw out earlier because there was the thing about uh, St. Louis being a horrible taco city, that our taco score, whatever it was, was one of the worst taco scores across the country. If you don't know what I'm talking about, this is very random, but uh, when it comes to the quality of tacos from city to city, reportedly St. Louis is one of the worst taco cities in the country. I threw out there to text in taco suggestions at 314-436-7900. They've been coming in pretty solid. I'm excited about this. It's it's going to be the the Pauly family taco tour coming up at some point as we're going to we're going to just figure out the quality of tacos throughout the course of St. Louis. When we return, we are going to be joined by Bob Ramsey. We got a lot to talk about with him. We'll talk Cardinals baseball. We'll talk St. Louis University basketball. And how about Lindenwood football? Rammer is now the voice of uh, Lindenwood football as well. We've got a lot to get to with uh, Rammer. He joins us in uh, just a few moments. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue. We're taking you right up to Cardinals baseball tonight. They match up against the Padres opening up a West Coast trip. We always love talking Cardinals baseball with Bob Ramsey. We love talking St. Louis University basketball with Rammer. But now we get to talk also Lindenwood football. He is the voice of Lindenwood football, part of their ESPN3 broadcast team. They had a win this past weekend. They're now a Division One program. Rammer, thanks for coming on. I wanted to start with this. How much fun has it been for you as an alum to see what has happened with Lindenwood Athletics, moving to D1 and now being as actively involved as you are? Uh, I got to tell you, Matt, first of all, it's great to talk to you again. Um, It's it's actually very hard to believe. But the real fun, along with the obvious accomplishment, the facilities, uh, the success of the athletes, uh, the people involved in the program, but seeing the alum base charged up, um, you know, uh, at the football game the other night in the Lindenwood victory, Greg Amzinger from uh, MLB Network uh, was there. Randy Carricker was there, who spent many years at KMOX, Lindenwood alums, uh, other terrific broadcast alums like uh, Dan McLaughlin, big supporters at Lindenwood University. And so 
there is that um, for all of us to kind of, and, and for people that aren't involved in sports and broadcasting, but to see these steps taken, when you look back at it methodically over the last three decades, uh, to get to this point, it's very, very exciting and very rewarding. We're in an interesting period right now when it comes to NCAA athletics because we've seen a lot of these schools go through, you know, these D2 powers. I think about a Northern Kentucky. I think about a Southern Indiana. Like schools that have facilities are finally saying, we're going to go D1, and Lindenwood is right there. And it seems like the time is ripe right now for these schools that have you know, put money into facilities to go have success at the D1 level. I wish I could tell schools what the future is going to be. Um, if you're not a power five football school, wh- where are you going to end up? Mid-major uh, basketball powers and soccer powers uh, like St. Louis University. Where are you going to end up? The Big East, where are you going to end up? I think these are open questions and and I don't have the answer for that. Then you go to the next level when you're talking about Missouri Valley, Ohio Valley, and other great conferences with tremendous athletes. I mean, we, do, we just have to look around every March when, when Arch Madness comes to town and, see, and sees uh, uh, terrific basketball from the Missouri Valley schools. And, and where, are these, where are all these schools, the institutions, and the athletes, where are they going to end up? I wish I knew the answer because um, uh, the trepidation in trying to move forward, it, it's pretty scary. Yeah, basketball is just in a weird spot, just in the sense that the actual tournament it is worth so much, but not being disrespectful, but from a national standpoint, the rest of the season is not worth as much. Like, there's more of a difference between the college basketball postseason and regular season compared to what you have in college football, and that seems to be driving the disparity right now. Yeah, and the schools that can get in the black um, on a, with a given sport or a department, it's very, very difficult to do. By the way, Lindenwood did that for a couple of decades um, you know, on their own. Uh, really remarkable, remarkable job. But, you know, to uh, make your budget and make money prior to NCAA money for um, uh, for non-football schools, it's tough, but it is doable. And, for instance, St. Louis University right here on Camel X, um, you have the opportunity to be in a major metropolitan area that gives you more access to uh, business support, uh, more business to alum support, and then just general fan support. It, they're in a better spot, I think, than some similar schools that might be um, in a traditional college town. And um, how these things are going to break down over the next few years and decade or so are going to be it's going to be fascinating to watch and scary if you follow one of those schools. Yeah, absolutely. About a week and a half, two weeks ago, the A10 schedule came out. A schedule is a schedule. Did anything jump out at you for us, Lou? Well, we already knew the uh, uh, the non-conference pretty well, and I had a, an inkling, and it turned out to be true, that the Atlantic 10 says, look, for us to do just what you were talking about, carve out a, a reasonable piece of NCAA pie um, for our conference, um, we can't kill our good teams and their RPI, but by playing the dregs of the of uh, of the conference. So 
but you got to be careful. Do you cannibalize? Do you, are you in danger of cannibalizing? And by, by that I mean, so you've got a better opportunity for SLU and Dayton and Loyola and Davidson and VCU playing each other more than playing the Fordhams and the LaSalles. So, again, that's not a shot to them. Things are cyclical. They'll get their turn to be a top dog. But in the meantime, what gives your league the best chance to get the most teams in the NCAA tournament? And I think the Atlantic 10, um, uh, I think they're they're making the best effort to do just that. really feels like there's a concerted effort from A-10 schools to go out and spend money and get really high-level coaches and try to you know, lift the entire league. Is that a correct assessment on my part? Well, I think um, – I don't think – I can't speak for any of the schools, but I don't think anybody goes in and says, okay, we're going to outspend everybody. But I think they say, hey, to get a coach that has experience, that knows how to win, that we think can come to our school with the positive and negatives that it may have, we're going to have to get somebody with you know with that experience. What's it going to take to get Frank Martin mm-hmm. at UMass? You know what what's it going to take? And most of the time, it does, as you point out, take money. But I don't believe that a given school, if there's a hot young name out there that they believe can get it done, and maybe you don't have to pay that the the, the, the top money, I, I think the school would absolutely go for it. Bob Ramsey continues to join us. Before we let you go, we'll talk a little Cardinal baseball. Weird time because they don't have the division mathematically locked up, but they've they've basically got it. They're in very good shape right now. You, you got a series against the Padres where they're still fighting, scratching, clawing. At times, the offense can be inconsistent. Pitching has been pretty good. I'm having a really hard time kind of grasping this team right now and knowing what's real and what's not real. Are you having those kind of issues? If you mean by the offense being inconsistent, currently terrible, I agree with you. Uh, and, and they've got two weeks to kind of figure it out. And that's what Ollie and the staff and the players, the players obviously are grinding and trying to figure it out. Um, you know, normally through the course of a season, you'll have a handful of guys hot, a handful of guys not, and you work through it and you pick each other up. Well, for a month or so, everybody was hot and now everybody's cold. That's, that's the opposite of how you want it to go. And so they're going to have to, some guys are going to have to get hot. And if not, then you're going to have to outpitch your way into the postseason. Can it be done? Yes. Do you like your odds of being successful? No. So this is a team. We've seen them hit. We've seen them move runners. We've seen them hit for power. Um, am, I going to, am I going to sit here and, and tell the KMOX listeners that all nine guys Uh, are going to get hot all at once? No, that's not very likely. But if the guys you count on, Goldschmidt and Arenado and Dickerson and Pujols and Donovan leading off, will you give me those five? Give me those five just to even be at their their season average. If if those guys will be at their season averages with power numbers, on base, hitting, I think this team can go deep into October because – of the aforementioned good pitching you're getting. Do you have a pull-offs prediction on when he's going to hit 700? We're going when, not if. Okay. If I were going to bet money, I think he might do it this week, probably in Los Angeles. But if I if it's my heartstrings, I'm going to hope he waits till he comes home. That would be the absolute fireworks, 
bow on the deal, icing on the cake, whatever whatever euphemism we want to use, that would be the perfect ending to the fairy tale story. Well, the perfect ending would be that and then win the World Series. That would be then the perfect. But for this right now, to do it at home, but if, if you and I are going to bet a milkshake, I think he'll I think he'll do it on the road this road trip. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I think it's going to happen in L.A. He'll get one against the Padres, one against the Dodgers, and and he'll have yeah. it. All right, Rammer, thanks I so agree. much. Appreciate uh, you, you taking a few moments with us. We'll talk again real soon. I can't wait. I always enjoy visiting with you, and we will. We'll talk soon. Awesome, See you, buddy. Very good. There's Bob Ramsey joining us here on the program. Appreciate um, appreciate uh, his time. Got a text message just now. Says last Monday, you had a guy on who said it was no longer a question of whether Albert would get to seven hundred or not. It would be seven oh four or seven oh five. Dumb. I texted in no way. Um, hold on, we our text thing. Um, I think there is no question about the seven hundred. That was Joe Roderick, though. By the way, I think said that wasn't that another Clay. We didn't mention Clay's online when we brought Rammer on. I should have done that. That's a bad job by me. Uh, Rammer's part of the team uh, at Clay's online. In addition to doing everything else that we uh, that we mentioned, um, he's going to get seven hundred. He's going to get seven hundred. Is he going to get seven hundred four or seven hundred five? Eh, probably not. I would actually say there's a better chance of him getting to seven hundred four than I uh, than there is of him not getting to seven hundred at all. I don't think he's going to get to 704, but I'm very confident that he will get to 700. All right, one more break. We'll come back, and uh, we'll wrap up the program as we get set for uh, Cardinals baseball tonight. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Just a few minutes left in the program as we are getting ready for Cardinals baseball tonight. The Cardinals and the Padres, are network coverage will begin at 745. So we're about 12, 13 minutes away from getting underway with uh, Cardinals baseball. Uh, this just released in the last about 45 minutes or so. The University of Missouri has announced their 2023 football schedule. This is what it looks like. The Tigers are going to open up with three straight home games. They'll take on South Dakota on September. 2nd. They've never played South Dakota before. Uh, that's the Coyotes, I believe. Yeah, because South Dakota State is the Jackrabbits. South Dakota is the Coyotes. So the Coyotes will be coming to town on September 2nd. Middle Tennessee State September 9th. And then Kansas State, they get the return game with uh, K-State on September 16th. Those are going to be their first three games. Missouri and Middle Tennessee playing for a third time. They played back in uh, 2003. That was a game that Missouri won, but the Blue Raiders won the game back in 2016, 51-45, which was also in Columbia. Their home conference slate includes a game against LSU on October 7th, South Carolina on October 21st, Tennessee on November 11th, and Florida on November 18th. Their road games will be against Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Georgia, and Arkansas. That's that's not a – we've said this about this year's schedule, right? The SEC schedule is borderline unforgiving. I think trying to revive Missouri football is one of the most challenging jobs in college football right now because you're playing in the SEC but you're also playing in a market 
that doesn't feel like an SEC market. Like you're not in the deep south where you you have just the ridiculous fandom and the craziness that goes on at an Alabama, at a Georgia, at an LSU. It is an unforgiving endeavor to try to revive Missouri football. It's a really tough thing. I will, we give Eli Drinkwitz a little bit of trouble because uh, that you know even what they did this past weekend they didn't look impressive in the win they looked really bad against K State the week before but it's and, and they're recruiting a lot better they are they are recruiting uh, as well as any you know non power superpower in the SEC as well as any school not named Georgia not named Alabama their their recruiting has really improved under Drinkwitz uh, but they're still trying to revive a program in the SEC, and that is incredibly, incredibly challenging. And you look at, uh, do you have any automatic wins on this thing? Your home games in SEC play, LSU, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Florida. LSU is in the middle of kind of getting back to who they want to be. South Carolina and Missouri are very much at the same spot right now in their rebuild, and that's 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 one game that you look at and think that Missouri would have a pretty good chance at Tennessee way ahead of schedule. Like that's kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, Tennessee and a hundred thousand plus people going to games in Knoxville. It's easier. It's easier to revive a Tennessee program than it is to revive a Missouri program. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's just, it's, it's, it's different circumstances and you go to Tennessee and there's some things going on there that Missouri just doesn't have, and then Florida has kind of gotten back going as well under their head coach, Billy Napier. So those are those are three really tough home games and then one relatively tough. And then on the road, you match up against Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Georgia, and Arkansas. You feel good about Vanderbilt. Kentucky is really good. Georgia is Georgia. Arkansas has become a perennial power. So it's tough schedule. It's tough schedule, and – that's the way things go, but that is the schedule uh, for um, for Missouri football going into next season. Earlier on the program, I said this because we got a text message from somebody uh, basically saying that they did not want to see Albert Pujols get to five uh, 700 home runs and that they didn't want to see him get there all because he left the Cardinals to go to the Angels. And to be perfectly honest with I, I and I actually understand that take. Like, I understand people still being somewhat upset about that. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. That's something we need more of in this world, by the way. Understanding how somebody gets to a belief where they're at, even if you don't completely agree with it. I don't agree with that take, but I understand how you can get there. But it does, to me, it doesn't feel like there are people who are anti-pools, that Cardinals fans, that the pain that existed from his decision all those years ago had gone away. So I said, if anybody kind of feels that way, you can uh, you can text in. Got another text message saying, there are those of us out there who are not Albert fans. He chased the money, never had the star status with the Angels, and then the Cardinals bring him back like he's some salvation. Yachty and Wayno are Cardinals royalty. Pools, not so much. I don't say this to denigrate Pools. I say this because it's a fact. There's one really big statue outside of Bush Stadium, and it's Stan Musial. If Pulse does not leave and he's doing everything he's doing, 
there might be a second really big statue outside. He he lost the opportunity to be the second big statue. He lost the opportunity for him and Stan Musial to stand shoulder to shoulder figuratively as the greatest players in Cardinals history and just what they mean. He can't he doesn't have that anymore. There's going to be a statue. He's going to be one of those many statues that are outside, but it's not going to be a mutual level statue for pools. That's true. There's there, there's nothing wrong with saying that. But there's also it's fine, right? Like that's okay. That's okay. He came back. It's really cool what he's doing. He's he's not the greatest of the greatest in terms of his Cardinals legacy because he left, and that's that's okay. And um, I, I don't understand. I, I guess I understand is the wrong word. I understand why people would be still still be upset, but it's just it's not where I'm at. And I didn't think it really existed that much out there. But we've got at least you know not that two text messages represents an entire world out there, but we've got a couple text messages about it. Um, but I think the vast, the vast, vast, vast majority of uh, Cardinals fans will very much be celebrating uh, whenever Albert Pujols happens to hit 700. All right, that is it for a sports open line, but don't go anywhere. We've got Cardinals baseball on the way. Our coverage is set to begin at 745. It's the Cardinals. It's the Padres, the Ammer and Total Access show on the way next. I'll be back with you for that. I'll be back with you for Sports Open Line tomorrow. We'll talk after the game. You're not getting rid of me, basically, is what I'm saying. Talk to you in a few minutes for Cardinals baseball here on KMOX.